everyone. We're live from Alpha Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to CLC Live on Live FM. My name's Rose and today I'm joined by special guests, Mr. Silver and Miss Tess from the School Library. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Um, Mr. Silver, you were a midwife before you became a librarian. Correct. Do you want to tell us a bit about that and maybe why you made this career change? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, as a lot of the students here know, I'm actually a former student of CLC. I finished here in 2007. And when I was finishing school, um, it was obviously the big question of what do I do next? And I felt very drawn between two things, sort of wanting to do something that was maybe really academic. I did really well in psychology when I was here, so I was going to do a psychology degree. But then I thought, ooh, I also feel compelled to help as many people as I possibly can. And so I came across a Bachelor of Midwifery at ACU, Australian Catholic University, and I thought I could probably make a bit more of a difference being a midwife than I could in psychology. And I took a year off between year 12 and starting uni and started my degree in 2009 um, absolutely loved it. It was terrifying, but I loved it at the same time. Um, and when I finished my midwifery degree, I actually didn't get a job in Melbourne. It's very competitive. If anyone listening is ever going for a nursing or midwifery job, it's cutthroat to try and get a graduate position. So I ended up getting a job, um, at Manly hospital in Sydney. So I uprooted my life and I left all my family and my friends behind and I moved to Manly and I started working as a midwife there. I worked with some of the most fantastic colleagues um, I've ever worked with, with the exception of my colleagues that I work with now. Obviously. Um, what, a save, what a save. What a save. And caught some babies. Caught a lot of babies. Yeah. I say caught because in midwifery we say babies are born but pizzas are delivered. So I don't deliver babies. I caught babies. I'm really just there as a glorified catcher. And I used to really love working in the special care nursery. That was sort of Mm. my expertise. As a midwife, um, particularly a midwife working in the public system, the public hospital system as opposed to the private hospital system, I um, had a really wide range of skills. I would take care of women when they were pregnant. I would take care of them during labour and birth take care of them immediately afterwards. I'd go and visit them at home. But my favourite thing was working in the special care nursery with a lot of quite unwell babies. I did a lot of very um, intense resuscitations of newborns as well. Um, So that was where my, my passion really lied. But it got to the point, unfortunately, where the job just stopped bringing me any joy. Um, And I say the the cons outweighed the pros of me staying as in, in the career as a midwife. And I um, started to think I couldn't really see myself doing this for the rest of my life. It wasn't mm. a job I could see myself being old and grey in. Um, and I decided to leave the profession. Um, I had a very brief stint in medical sales because the first thing everyone said to me was, my gosh, you can't not be a midwife and lose all of your skills and everything. Um, And so did a brief stint in medical sales, which was horrible, and then sat on my bed one night at like 1am crying, being like, I hate this job, I hate my life, what am I going to do? Did a personality test um, and it's like, we reckon, like you would make a really good nurse. I was like, what a, what a suggestion. We're trying to move away from that. 
And the next suggestion was a librarian. And it was like a light bulb moment. It was, and I've never looked back, never looked back. It's the best job I've ever had. Can't wait to be the traditional old gray librarian with the twin set and the pearls. We're halfway there. We're just short the pearls. Well, I'm starting with the grays. It's all good. I love my cardigans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't have pearls, but I've got lanyards with a lot of pins in them. Same, same thing. Yep. So that's, that's how I ended, started being a midwife and then I've now transitioned to being a librarian. Thank you for your question. That was great. It's very interesting. Um, Miss Tess, I heard you used to be head of marketing at Review. I did. Would you like to tell us a bit about that and why you also made the change? Oh, I think it's quite similar. Um, yeah, so I did uh, my undergraduate degree. So after year 12, I went and did media and I actually thought I'd end up in TV and radio. Um, so I did media at RMIT and I actually did a lot of work in on radio stuff and TV stuff. And then I thought, oh, maybe PR, but I ended up in marketing. Um, and I mean, many of the students here will know I love clothes. I will talk about clothes for a really long time. Um, and so, yeah, I started working in fashion brands and yeah, I worked for the Paz Group who owns Review and they owned Metallicus and a few other brands. And I was their head of marketing. That was my third or fourth job in the industry. And it had lots of perks because you do get an allowance each month for buying clothes because obviously you need to be wearing the clothes. And that was, oh, good times, good times. Um, <laughs> that's always fun. Um, and I worked with really great people, but for me, um, because I worked, I was responsible for EDMs. So that's the emails that you get, promotional emails, they're called EDMs, um, and social media and all those things. And I was sitting in, um, a meeting with the CEO and the CFO and my boss, who was head of the whole marketing department. I was just head of digital marketing and, um, they were very intensely debating the number of Instagram followers we had and like the amount of emotion in the room. I remember sitting there and thinking, this does not matter. Like this is not worth the amount of uh, emotion that was going on. I just thought, oh, this is, I don't, I'm not interested in this. Um, and meanwhile, my auntie, my um mum's sister-in-law has been a librarian she's been a librarian for about 40 years and she has always said to me I don't understand why you're not a librarian when are you going to join these dots like because I always thought maybe I'll end up in teaching and that sort of thing and um she just said yeah you should be a librarian and so um it was actually Miss Sanderson had dinner with my mum and my mum was doing the oh Tess doesn't know what she wants to do and she thinks she wants to be a librarian but I'd never actually done it I'd never actually been a librarian. I'd never, I saw, you know, you don't want to go off and do, um, because to be a librarian, you need to do a master's degree. Um, a lot of people don't know that you can be a library mm. technician or a library assistant. A lot of people say, oh my God, you need to study you to do. be a librarian. You need a, um, in order to. You need at least a bachelor degree. At least a bachelor degree um, and, uh, or a master's degree if you've done an undergrad. Mm. Um, and so we are master nerds, we like to say. Um and I didn't want to go off and do that if I didn't know, if I didn't like it. Like what if I came in and I was like, oh, I've just done nearly two years of study and it turns out I actually hate it. So, yeah, my mum was having dinner with Miss Sanderson and Miss um, Sanderson said, oh, you should, you should contact Miss um, Diedrich, who was the head of the library at the time, and you should come in and volunteer. And so I came in and volunteered for a few months and then they decided they liked me, which is so nice. <laughs> and so I, I was a library assistant for a while. And then, yeah, while I was studying and then I got qualified and I just sort of hung around like a bad smell. Nice. Still here, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a bad smell. <laughs> um, if I don't know, you don't sit next to me. <laughs> um, 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to CRC Live on Live FM from Eltham, Melbourne, Australia. My name's Rose, and today I'm joined by special guests, Ms. Tess and Mr. Silver. So what books have, like, inspired you in life and, like, what have you, like, taken away from them? Oh, I'll go because I was talking about this one this oh, morning, sweet. actually. Give me time to think. Yeah, okay. Um, so for me, again, many students will know here that my favourite genre is fantasy. Um, which is great because it's not Mr. Silver's and Miss Padley's favourite genre. Not. So no. we we fit together well like mm-hmm. that. Um, but that really started um, because uh, when I was in primary school, my, the librarian at my school said, oh, we have an author coming to visit and so we need some students to read the books that she wrote, because you know, so you can ask questions. And that author was Tamora Pierce. And I didn't realise at the time how fortunate we were to have her come and visit us because she is, first of all, she's American. She lives in America. Um, and she's a very big deal, very prominent fantasy author, very prominent YA young adult um, author and very feminist author. And I read her first book, Alana, The First Adventure, and that book absolutely set me on the um trajectory to be a massive fantasy fan because it was the first one and I was obsessed read all her books and to the point that um that was when I was in year five or year six she came and then my friend and I who was my other friend was also very into Tamora Pierce when we were in year eight or year nine we found out she was coming back and so we contacted the primary school librarian to be like could we could we come down and meet her again we'd really love to we loved it and the librarian was like yep that would be lovely come on down um bring a book or two um and that was her mistake because we both rocked up with about 20 books and poor Tamora Pierce sat there and it was so funny because at the start she was writing like lovely to meet you you know, love Tamora Pierce. By the end, she was literally initialing our books. Like she gave up. I think fair. <laughs> it, fair, fair. <laughs> but like the absolute audacity to do that. <laughs> just was so, and I've still got them all. Still got all of them. They're all signed. <laughs> Some of them just initialed. <laughs> um, could you remind me of the question again, please? Um, what book like inspired you in life? Oh, jeez. I honestly have no idea what book inspired me in life. There's because I've read so many great books. Um, and they bring I, different things. They really, really do. But mm. I have to say one of my most favourite books I've read, um, and I think because I was reading it um, at such a formative time in my life, mm. was I was reading the Call the Midwife series oh. as I was getting ready mm. to finish off my midwifery degree. And it was, I remember it being a really tense time being like, oh, my God, I have to actually take care of people. Yeah. I'm actually, the, the, I'm, I'm responsible for these tiny little humans that come out. Uh, and um, that's just one series that's really stuck with me. So for those of you who don't know Call the Midwife, it's now been made into a very, very popular and successful TV show that's in so England. Um, but it is actually the memoirs essentially and the real stories of a midwife, Jenny Worth, who was one of the um, the midwives at Nanata's house and the, it's all in 50s, it's in the 50s, 40s, in the 50s, 50s 1950s um East End London so quite a poor area um an area recovering after the war um and it was sort of it was a very formative time in midwifery where things were shifting from home births to hospital mm. births as well mm. and it was just such a lovely series to be reading as mm. I was getting ready to go out into the world and be a midwife and I could sort of I couldn't really see myself reflected in those characters yet but I was I remember thinking like wow 
I want to be like that. I want to. I hope I'm that sort of midwife. I remember being terrified to send my first email to like two hundred thousand people. I think that doesn't quite compare to like catching a baby. <laughs> I remember the first day I signed. I remember the first day I signed my name B De Silva oh, R M registered midwife. Day. I was like, oh, jeez, <laughs> too much responsibility <laughs> for for a twenty two year old that had just moved to Sydney. <laughs> And in the bookish community, there are some very strong opinions and quite a few hot takes or unpopular opinions. What would you say are some of yours? Oh, we had to have a text we- message exchange about this to narrow down. Yeah, we've got a lot. Rights. We've got a lot. You know, we've got a lot to say, Rose. I would like to start with. Oh, <laughs> I've got two points that I would like to bring to the discussion. <laughs> One of the most popular books, which is so widely associated with the peak of classic literature and which romance, is, and romance um, which is, in my opinion, one of the most boring books ever written, is Wuthering Heights. Dun, it dun. is absolute. Thank you, DJ Sando, rolling her eyes in the background in agreement. Wuthering Heights, for those of you who don't know, um, is a very famous um, novel written by Emily Bronte. She's one of the Bronte sisters. They were all authors. They were all fantastic. Um, But Wuthering Heights tells the story of uh, Kathy and Heathcliff, um, takes place very famously on the English moors in northern England. Mm. Um, It's very... Um, in quotation marks, romantic, but it's not because everyone in that book is absolutely trash. It is like (laughs) the classic story of boy wants girl, boy doesn't get with girl, boy just goes out and destroys the entire world. Yeah. And like it, People like just romanticize the idea of Kathy being on the moors looking for Heathcliff and calling Heathcliff, Heathcliff. I I really had to persevere to get through that book. And the only reason I read that book in its entirety was so that I could say, I have read Wuthering Heights. <laughs> and I you can wanted, actually, you I just wanted that trophy on my shelf. I wanted that feather in my cap <clears throat> to say that I have read it. It is trash. Mm. I can have that opinion because I have finished it. Mm. Um, and it's it's got a couple of beautiful lines in it. One of the most classic lines from it is, um, he is my soul and I can't live without my soul. And when I got to that bit, when um, it's Kathy giving, you know, this sort of um, speech to her nanny and I was like, oh, that's actually really, really beautiful. There are a few beautiful lines in that, but for most of it, 99.5% of the book but is also absolute how, garbage. how old are they supposed to be in that book? Like they're, they're like late teens. Uh, if you had as, an, as with anyone if in, you had, in that, that If era. you had an 18-year-old coming to you saying, he is my mm. soul, I cannot live without my soul, mm. you'd be like, babe. Mm. There's more fish. You need a, you need a like good okay. hard look at yourself. There's other options. But the other thing yeah. is those. So Kathy and Heathcliff are essentially adopted brother and sister. Yeah. Um, so mm. Kathy was, you know, the daughter of the man who brought Heathcliff home, who was like this vagrant child, and the father was like, I couldn't leave this boy on the side of the mm. road, so I've put any brings him home as like a young four, three or four-year-old boy into the family where they've all got young children already. Mm. So Kathy and Heathcliff so, grow up yeah. as brother and sister That's and weird. then form a very disturbing and inappropriate Code, attachment, and codependence yep. on each other and it all ends in utter destruction and grossness. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's even a part in the book, quite disturbing, that Heathcliff is so upset by Kathy's rejection that he kills her dog. That crosses many lines. Many many lines. lines. And do you know what? This wouldn't have happened 
if Kathy had maybe had a friend. Thank you. You're it's a beautiful segue. I see what you did there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so my big gripe <laughs> <laughs> is that in I notice a lot in fantasy novels, but I know it also happens in romance novels, is that if that main character had just had a best friend, none of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. If Bella in Twilight had oh. had a group chat with her friends, if she'd had proper friends, if she'd had a best friend and she was like, oh, my God, so I'm not with this guy. He looks repulsed anytime I walk in the room. Mm. Um, but, like, he's gorgeous. I wake up in the middle of the night and he was, like, standing oh my in the God, corner of my bedroom. He, like, watches me sleep because he doesn't sleep. So he just, like, stands there and watches me sleep. How mm. romantic. Can you imagine saying that to your best friend? They'd be like, babe. Um, yeah, babe. Again, again, babe, <laughs> babe. No, that's called stalking. Also, mm. he's what he's meant to be like 117. 117. Yeah. And she is 17. Like there is a hundred year age gap. That is that is below the age of consent. It is not cool. Not mm. cool. Um, and similar yeah, in any any novel ever, if there's if there was a best friend or a group chat to rein in that main character or even just soundboard and be like, I don't think this is a great decision. Or, hey, maybe you shouldn't go off on the moors and kill her dog. Maybe you Mm. should just sit down and have a conversation. Mm. Or maybe both of you should see a therapist. Maybe. Just, Mm. like, be okay. Let let that rejection sit with you. It's how we grow as people. That's definitely my biggest gripe. um, I have to say the one other thing I wanted to talk about was – and I just recently read a book. I don't want to name the title of the book because it's just been made into a TV show and it's quite popular and it's doing really well, but it's a beautiful book. I absolutely cannot stand the overuse of the term and he finally released the breath he hadn't realised he was holding. Find a better way. romance novel ever. Find a better sentence. Stop yep. using it, please. I beg of you for the love of God. Yep. yep. Oh, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guests, Mr. Silver and Miss Tess. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Live from Eltham, Melbourne, Australia, you've been listening to CRC Live on Live FM. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>